Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Summer Heat Wave presented by Brodo Fantasy. This is where we take a look at all 32 teams in the NFL during the month of August. Before we begin, patreon.com slash Fantasy is the website if you want to support the show. Some extras you can get on Patreon. You get an extra waiver wire show every single week. Access to the Brodo Leagues. Does your league suck? Well, this definitely will not. You will be in a league with other Brodo community members. You get access to the Discord so you can talk your stuff with them. Also, there's a tier where we will follow you on Twitter so you can DM us so the rest of your league can't see the advice we're giving you. Please visit BrotoFantasy.com. That is a one-stop shop for everything Broto Fantasy. It features our exclusive stat, true throw value and true target value, plus rankings from fantasy pro experts Michael, Jason, and Tim Petrop. Waiver wires, start sit advice, everything you need is at BrotoFantasy.com. Make sure to follow us on Twitter for up-to-the-minute TD updates on game day and up-to-the-minute start sit decisions. And, of course, YouTube.com slash BrotoFantasy to see our lovely faces. So without any further ado, let's get it started. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to the Summer Heat Wave Jets edition. We're starting off the AFC Eats with our Jets, a team close to our heart. Oh, yeah. And a team close to Jason's head and so. the home <laughs> of the jets and if we uh <laughs> if we uh take a closer look at, at the jets um if you want to take a closer look i'm sorry at the jets near jason's head you could catch us on oh. youtube.com slash brodo fantasy we'll be posting the whole summer heat wave series on there take a look at our brand new studio we put a lot of work into it so take a look at that over there um but before we get into anything else Let's get right into it with the offensive outlook of the year <laughs> for the Jets. Uh, new offense completely. New head coach is Adam Gase. He comes over from the Miami Dolphins. He comes over with Dowell Loggins, the same exact offensive coordinator that was in Miami. A couple of highlights from last year in Miami. Ryan Tannehill, sixth overall in true throw value. The Dolphins overachieved every year when it came to offense. The only problem is... Their two stars or the two guys that people thought were going to be great in the offense because of their talent, Kenyon Drake, Devontae Parker, they were used sparingly. So the Dolphins' offense, although they overachieved, was always greater as a sum rather than the total parts. The Adam Gates offense is a little confusing, um, a little unhinged for fantasy purposes. So, Jason, do you think that Adam Gates is the right fit here? Um, I think that I said this in an earlier podcast earlier in the summer, but I'm going to say it again because the Adam Gase offense is two things the last few years. It's been slow and it's been efficient. And when you say slow, you mean they don't run as many plays as other teams. They're usually bottom in the league in plays Plays run. run. And efficient means when they do run the plays, they They get better. Yeah, they get better results. Right, and yardage. So something's going to have to change. And we're either going to be very happy or very sad. If the slow switches to fast... Fast and efficient is the combo everybody aims for. If the efficient switches to non-efficient, slow and non-efficient is a combo everybody does not aim for. Disaster. So we're really looking at a big pendulum here for the Jets. I think it's going to be more of a plus. Uh, Michael? Yeah. I, I mean, mean, it's it's hard to get it's hard to get any worse than the Jets' offense last year in terms of the play callers and the guys who were in charge. Yeah. Um, so let's get right into it with the second-year quarterback, Sam Darnold. Last season, he was the 
Um, youngest quarterback in the league, which is why we have this baby Sam baby Sam So baby Sam is coming in for a second year. Now, second year quarterbacks that were drafted in the first round, we're going to keep Dak Prescott out of this. But since 2015, let's take a look at it. Deshaun Watson in his second year, QB4. Mitch Trubisky, QB 15, but missed three games on pace for a QB 1 type of totals. Carson Wentz to QB 5 despite missing three games. Jared Goff finishes the QB 12. Marcus Mariota finishes the QB 12. The only first Pat Mahomes. Round, Pat Mahomes. In didn't play his rookie season until right. the last week. but Right. Well, we, we're still waiting on Mahomes' second year. Technically. Uh, technically was technically. his second year. But the only rookie quarterback uh, that did not have a top... 12 QB finish in his second year, besides Mitch Trubisky, who again missed three games, was Jameis Winston. Famous Jameis. He was also the only one to have a great rookie season, though, so maybe those correlate. Um, also for Sam Darnold in his favor, got better as the year went on. PFF had him as the second-ranked QB in the NFL in weeks 14 through 17 last year. So let's start with you, Michael. Sam Darnold, uh, we all think that he's going to take a step up. Uh, do you think that he's going to take a step up enough to be a fantasy viable quarterback? Yeah, uh, I've spoken about Darnold a bunch. He was one of my fireworks in the fireworks episodes. Listen to that if you haven't yet. He was number four in true throw value over the last four weeks as well. Number one in the ESPN QBR as well. So over the last four weeks, you said number two in PFF. He was an absolute stud at the QB position, and that was after he sat for a couple games because of injury and watched Josh McCown. He said that helped him a lot, just the way he uh, studies the field and uh, goes through the progressions. Can't learn from a better guy than Josh McCown either. He's been through the been through the ringer, has had success, has had failures. Yeah, and ending the season on that note was great for a rookie quarterback to build his confidence going into this season. He has Adam Gase now who, yes, his teams haven't been great and he's still kind of a question mark, but the last time he had a great quarterback was Peyton Manning and he broke records. So I'm not saying Sam Darnold is Peyton Manning. I'm saying Sam Darnold was better than Ryan Tannehill, Brock Osweiler, and the other guys that he's been using over the past three years. Jason, you have a stat. You have a stat called true throw value where you give a a number to each time the quarterback throws the ball, whether it's incomplete or not incomplete, how many fantasy points that it's worth. Right? I said not incomplete. A.K.A. complete. Um, So... Jason, give us a little bit of a sense of what Adam Gase did with Ryan Tannehill last year. Well, if you look at, it's not even just, you need to look at the other Miami quarterbacks to understand because Brock Osweiler also started a good amount of games, right? And if you look at Brock Osweiler's true throw value, that's on par with Blake Bortles, bottom of the league. You look at Ryan Tannehill, he jumps up to sixth, uh, just ahead of Deshaun Watson. So Ryan Tannehill didn't throw a lot. He wasn't a huge fantasy production person. But when he was throwing and making plays, they were going for a lot of fantasy points. So the idea here is that we're looking at incremental improvements. Tannehill's better than Osweiler. Darnold is better than Tannehill. I think we can all agree on that. So if we're going to see these uh, improvements going on always, Darnold's going to be a top 10 quarterback in true throw value. It's just a matter of how much he's able to run. I mean, not run. How many many plays are able to run? Well, rushing yards, too. He did start using his legs more the end of last season. Uh, And always, always keeps plays alive with those legs. Speaking of legs... Let's go move over to the wide receivers uh, for this Jets team. Robbie Anderson, right? He's in his contract year. He had a lot of high hopes coming into last season after a career year. Had an ankle injury that slowed that down. But also, you got to remember, he was developing with the youngest rookie, not only in the league, but in the history of the league. Uh, Sam Darnold, 
uh, before the Dolphins game week nine, where that's where he got injured. And we were just talking about how Michael said the Josh McCown um, interaction and the bye week. He had 5.77 air yards per game during that time. Per, Rob, attempt. per attempt, excuse me. Yeah, per, not per game. Um, Robbie Anderson during that time never had more than three catches in a game. Unbelievable. Now, it is unbelievable, but then when you think about it, Robbie Anderson's a deep threat. So if they're not throwing deep passes, no bueno all around, right? Now, time off, injury, bye. That benefited Darnold. He comes back after that 7.79 air yards per game. He That's a huge increase. That's a giant increase. And if you don't know how air yards work, 7.79 is above average, right? So he more than so he went above and beyond by two two whole yards per attempt. Now Robbie Anderson is a deep threat. After Donald improved, Robbie Anderson more than doubled his receptions per game and had two wide receiver one performances in the last three weeks. Adam Gase has said that he believes Robbie Anderson is a number one uh, wide receiver. He's going to expand Robbie Anderson's route tree. Um, Jason, there's a lot to like. I don't even, I don't think I mentioned that it's a contract year for Robbie Anderson. A lot of things to like about Robbie Anderson this year. Um, but there was a lot of things to like last year. Is this the year that Robbie Anderson finally reaches that potential that everyone thinks he has? I hope so. I think that this is. I think Robbie Anderson's going where he should be going on the sixth round because his potential is through the roof. Yeah, but his potential to disappoint is also there. You think uh-huh. he has a potential to be a, a wide receiver one if the cards fall correctly? I'd say a high end wide receiver two if That'd the cards fall correctly. The concern here is that he ends up becoming Kenny Stills, mm. the Kenny Stills part of the Dolphins offense, where he's a deep threat but he's not utilized enough uh, because. Kenny Stills was always a flex play at best uh, in his time in Miami. So, But with Adam Gase talking up Robbie Anderson more, saying he's going to run more routes, he's not going to be as one-dimensional, you would think. Uh, he was the best receiver on that team. He probably arguably still is. And then if you look at the people they added, it'll help Robbie Anderson. Jamison Crowder is one of the best people at creating separation in the middle of the field. People forget that. He's like 26 years old. He's had some injuries. But he's one of the best separation creators on earth. So when you've got someone the that dynamic earth. in the middle of the field taking the safeties, bringing them in, or keeping uh, the linebackers in there, so then Robbie Anderson's one-on-one on the outside, that's going to help a lot as well. Uh, another guy that we that is – you talked about Jamison Crowder. Another guy that's coming back from injury. I do want to say, though, about Jamison Crowder, I think he's a steal and a half. We're going to get to Jamison. He's, I'm going to ask you about Quincy and Newman first because yeah. I, want to, I want both of your guys' opinions on Jamison Crowder. He averaged nine targets per game before the injury – Showed flashes of greatness, but he's definitely that possession wide receiver in the middle of the field. Not a giant TD threat. What's Quincy Anunwa's floor and ceiling this year? So Anunwa, I think he could be a flex play some weeks. I don't think he's going to be a top 36 receiver by any means unless there's an injury. Uh, Robbie Anderson's there to stretch the field. Jameson Crowder in the middle. But Quincy Anunwa, he could move around anywhere. We saw this last season. He's an absolute just animal athletically. He's 6'4". He's basically a tight end playing wide receiver with the agility of a wide receiver. So he's a mismatch basically for anyone blocking him. If Adam Gase is able to use that to his ability and use Quincy Nunez's size, I could see him getting more involved in the red zone and uh, downfield as well. So I think Quincy Nunez has some potential there. I like him because he's basically free in drafts. You're getting him in like a 15th, 16th round. So you could do worse as a wide receiver five or six. I'm perfectly fine with Quincy Nunez there. Let's go over to uh, Jameson Crowder then. Jameson Crowder, I think, is one of the biggest steals of the draft because he he could honestly reach 80 receptions and 1,000 yards, and I would not be shocked. 
Uh, Adam Gase likes to throw to his slot receivers. So Albert Wilson was, was having a heck of a year last year. And let's not forget that two years before that, Jarvis Landry led the league in, in receptions out of the slot. Yeah, he likes to throw to his slot receivers. And this team is perfect for the Adam Gase offense because they could move it around to so many pieces. So Anunua, Robbie Anderson is going to take the top off the defense. Anunua could move anywhere once Herndon returns. He could he uh, he dominates the middle of the field, and then Crowder could literally just find create space one on one against safety linebacker nickel corner whoever's on him, and he's shown he's proven that he could do that. And Sam Darnold was best last year in intermediate routes, which you could argue is the most important. Which you could argue is the most important for a quarterback. So which again fits perfectly for Jameson Crowder, and he's an awesome draft day value right now going in the. Double-digit rounds, not even... Sometimes not drafted. Yeah, sometimes not drafted. Just a complete afterthought right now, and that's a mistake. Someone that's not an afterthought, Le'Veon Bell of the running backs, obviously in the running back section here. It is... He's back. Um, Here's my motto for the year. Ready? Kawhi did it! Kawhi came back after missing an entire year because he wanted to and then won a championship. If Kawhi could do it, why can't Le'Veon? Kawhi can't Le'Veon. But with that being said... Um, he does have a very unique style of running. Maybe you forgot about that while he had a year off. He's very patient behind the line. The Steelers, one of the best, most dynamic offensive lines and one of the most cohesive do- offensive lines because they've been together for so long in the entire league. Does that style of work with the Jets and their O-line? And does Adam Gase use him as much as we expect? Le'Veon Bell said he's willing to carry the ball 500 times this year. I think Le'Veon Bell is dynamic. And we were able to see what Kenyon Drake was able to do when he was getting touches. So I think that that's going to work in Le'Veon Bell's favor. So what what was Kenyon Drake able to do? Because a lot of people don't realize that Kenyon Drake was one of the best receiving running backs in the league last year. He was running back 17 in PPR and he bar- in half PPR, and he barely touched the ball that much. Like Yeah, he was 41st in carries and uh, 14th in receptions and ended as RB17. is where you want... To be at, and Kenyon Drake was pretty high up in true throw value because the Tannehill throw in the Adam Gase offense was important. So when you look at Le'Veon Bell, he's able to make plays out of nothing, and I think that's where it's going to be helpful. He's able to make plays out of nothing. He's also a great receiver out of the backfield. And when you're talking about a young quarterback like Sam Darnold, he made a lot of mistakes last year running out of the pocket, just throwing it across the field. When you have Le'Veon Bell there now, and you know, like, this is Le'Veon Bell. Like, it's not Bilal Powell. Right. You're going to throw it to Le'Veon Bell, and he can make something out of nothing. Hey, diddle diddle, Le'Veon Bell up the middle. And Adam Gase likes to use running backs out wide now and then, too. And you got Le'Veon Bell, who has done that repeatedly yes. with the Steelers. Who one, uh, that's probably, one of the best aspects he had as a Steeler is he would line up in the slot or on the outside all the time. Yeah, he's probably the best running back in the league to be able to do that, and Adam Gase has done that in the past with guys like Kenyon Drake. I think it might be a sign that Gase brought in Ty Montgomery because not necessarily a bad thing for Bell, but that it was insurance for Bell. I, I a have a way little, that they're going to use him. I have a little bit of a that's of a Ty Montgomery take a little later in this uh, in this mini episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Bilal Powell still on the roster. Elijah McGuire still on the roster. Bilal Powell Trent, resigned. Trent Cannon still on Trent, Trent Cannon still on the roster. I mean, um, Bilal Powell looks like he's slotted to be the, the backup after that, and then Ty Montgomery. In, in a receiving type third down role, and then Elijah McGuire, it, it, it does seem like his days are numbered, and same with Trent Cannon. No I real mean, reason are to talk about that to yeah. uh. All right, let's move on to the tight ends. Uh, Chris Herndon gets a four-game suspension for his Let me just say, stupidity. He's, he's appealing, and it could be cut down to two. 
We've seen hopefully suspensions will get cut in half. So he's appeal appealing the suspension. I thought you meant he's appealing as a player. And I'm gonna tell you why I thought you say he said that. Oh, that's because appealing. He's yeah. also appealing as a player. Last year, 503 yards and four TDs. Nothing really special, right? Nothing that's rookie tight out. end. Let's tight end. put it into perspective. Only 29 other rookie tight ends have ever had over 500 receiving ever. yards, and that's also including Mark Andrews in the same season. So 28, not including Mark Andrews. Only nine players in the last 10 years. Two of them being Gronk and Aaron Fernandez in the in the Aaron Hernandez in the same year have had four TDs or over as a rookie tight end. I think people are sleeping on Chris Herndon, especially what he did later in the year as Darnold got better, Herndon got better. He is gone for four for four games. For me, he's going to be one of my favorite pickups in Week Five. You know what scares me a little bit about Chris Herndon is the fact that he is missing the first four games, and this is a brand new offense coming in with Logans and uh, Gase running the show now, so they're going to have to, the first four weeks, the Jets can't afford to start slow. So they need to get their offense prepared without Chris Herndon. And sure, they just signed Ryan Griffin, but Ryan Griffin has never been a big-time passing threat. Yeah. So I feel like they're going to have to get their offense ready to go without Chris Herndon, and if that's successful, it's going to be harder for Chris Herndon to get a big role in the passing game once he returns. I, I think it, you might look at it the other way. It's less of a concern that he's going to be involved when he gets back because they got Ryan Griffin. And Who's Wake, Ryan Griffin? And Waco, the fourth. They have Trevon Wesco, Trevon, but Wesco. he's a rookie. Right. He's not going to contribute those first Wesco, four games. Wesco, where the Jets go. I think that Herndon, it's a perfect spot in this offense. Quincy Nunois, I think, is going to be the best real-life player. He's going to be so important for the Jets. But he's not going to be fantasy relevant. He's going to make the plays that count on the field and not right. in fantasy. He'll he's catch block the ball seven well. times. He'll block. He'll go for seven. And then when you have Robbie yards. Anderson stretching the field, Crowder running drags and slants, Bell coming on wheel routes, you got the middle of the field open for Herndon. And I think that's going to work. Well, from your mouth to uh, the to issue is Chris Herndon's ears. We yeah. know it's going to be efficient. We need volume. All right. There's. It's it's an exciting offense to get excited about. Another reason to get excited is if one of your if you're one of the guys behind one of these injury prone guys that we're talking about, particularly the wide receiver core who all have injury history in their past. Um, Michael, who's your one injury away guy? Mine is Quincy Anunua. Uh If uh, Crowder or Anderson go down, he obviously isn't the, doesn't have the same skill sets as those guys. But Adam Gase, he has shown that he gets the he gets the best ability out of the guys that he has. He uses he uses them to the best of their ability. So they'll find a way to get a new one of the ball if one of the other two guys goes down. And he'll be back on the wide receiver three radar-ish like he was last season in the beginning of the year. Jason? I went Trevon Wesco. Yeah. Okay. Kill me. I went with the rookie. Yeah, about to say that that was unexpected. But it's not because I don't th- I don't think he's gonna be a tight end one. I don't I wouldn't support um drafting him more. But just put him on the watch list just because Herndon is suspended, like you said. If Herndon were to get hurt, all they did was bring in Ryan Griffin. Now, Wesco is someone that Brian Baldinger is comparing to Gronk. His best attribute right now is his blocking abilities. And we always talk about how rookies, especially tight ends, running backs, what's going to get them on the field is their blocking. So if Herndon were to go down, Ryan Griffin's not going to do anything. I think Wesco might enter the streaming potential category as a... He's going to be a blocking tight end most of the time. But all he has to do is catch a few play-action touchdowns at the three yard line to get some notoriety. play action spot madden yeah original goal line run. interesting play. my one in- injury away was originally josh bellamy because of the three injury prone wide receivers in front of him but if you go back into josh bellamy's past dude's 29 years old he was brought in really to be a gunner on special teams that's kind of his specialty so i don't really think that he's gonna have that opportunity then i looked at the running backs 
And I said, this guy's third on the running back depth chart, but he started as a wide receiver. Jason mentioned him. Ty Montgomery could have a, a role as a running back or wide receiver on this team. He's been running with the running backs. Obviously, he's a running back now. But he came into the league as a wide receiver. He played in college as a wide receiver. Um, had productive pass as a wide receiver. And his main, like I said, main competition is Josh Bellamy, who has a 52% catch rate in his career um, and has less than 1,000 yards total receiving. He's 29 years old. So I think he's one injury away from either being the number one feature running back out of the backfield or possibly that wide receiver three, um, if that's the necessity. But for now, you've just th- always loved Ty Montgomery. I always, I, I'm, a, I'm a Ty Montgomery guy. I don't know what to say. Um, I, what I do know what to say is we will see you tomorrow with the Patriots are next, yeah. with the New England Patriots, the defending champions. <laughs> Our Jets fan, this are coming out right now. Uh, don't forget to follow us on social media. Mike underscore Patrop. Jason Patrop. And you can find me at Tim Patrop, but only if you're feeling real, frisky. real, real frisky. Don't forget to check this out on YouTube.com slash Brodo Fantasy. Also, Patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy. And Instagram at Brodo Fantasy. Uh, with that being said, we out. Later. Later.